Research is a podcast that explores current nutritional research and health studies. Our lawyer says we have to let you know that this podcast is for entertainment, educational, and informative purposes only. If you have any health questions, see your doctor or licensed health professional. Start making changes and see how effective it is. More vegetables. More vegetables. Whenever I'm talking to people and they're like, what should I do? I'm like, eat your broccoli. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, oh my gosh, on to episode number two. Um, Now we're getting right into the nutrition, the uh, no pun intended, the meat of it. Although today we are going to be talking about vegans. (laughs) This is a really, really hot topic right now. Everybody, uh, I think, is at least aware that the less meat and animal products you eat, a lot of studies are showing that there's huge health implications for this and huge environmental implications. But the study we're going to be looking at today is called Associations of a Vegan Diet with Inflammatory Biomarkers. So we're we're really looking at how eating less animal products um, potentially can lower systemic inflammation and chronic inflammation and actual detectable uh, levels of it. So I thought that was a, a good one to get started with just because this is such a hot topic in the nutrition world right totally now. Totally hot topic. This is great, Lindsay. I can't wait. Yeah, no, this is interesting. And so I've, I've had mixed feelings about Uh, vegetarian and veganism for a while for for various reasons Um, but going back into some of the background a little bit before we get started in it I did not realize that there are some cultures that have been vegetarian for 5,000 years when I was doing some some google searches it's definitely been around for a long time of course there's all sorts of gray areas in terms of vegetarian and vegan I mean, some people eat fish, some people don't eat fish, some people don't even eat honey if they're strict vegans. Right. I mean, there's eggs, there's all sorts of uh, meat products. Um, so we really have like many, many, many shades of gray here. But really what this study was looking at is people who did not eat animal products. Uh, they were comparing vegans and um, omnivores. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Vegans and omnivores, omnivores being defined as eating meat products three times a week or more. Okay. So there wasn't a big difference. They weren't getting into too much detail, but some of the stuff that was coming out of it was really quite interesting. A lot of people today, of course, are going vegetarian or vegan just because of the animal welfare issues. I mean, when you look at CAFOs, and of course, I'm drawing a blank with what CAFO is. Concentrated Animal Feeding Operations. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I knew I could count on you. Um, yeah, but I mean, some of those issues, just how animals are just being mass produced for consumption is, of course, not good for the animal, which means it's not good for us and definitely not good for the environment. I know like it's very well known at this point, the more plant based you go, Uh, you lower your risk of type 2 diabetes, lower your blood pressure, which is fantastic. Um, Lower your risk of obesity. And then of course, um, any type of cardiovascular disease. And there's actually links to lowering your risk for cancer. Okay. So that's the gamut of chronic disease. It is. And you know what I thought, as soon as I started uh, looking at this, I'm like, all of these have been linked to inflammation. Right. So when I started reading this paper, I'm like, it's kind of a natural lead-in. All of these have some type of inflammatory link to it. So whatever we can do to lower inflammation, uh, we're going to lower uh, your risk for all of these nasty 
health issues. So, yeah, I mean, some of the issues, uh, just before we get started, I'm, I know, and this is my concern, some of the issues with um, vegetarians and vegans is, of course, protein consumption. Right. Although that has proven to be a bit of a myth, because as we know in nutrition, every food item, uh, with the exception of water, has protein in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Regard. So if you're eating a really well-balanced diet and you are a little bit more aware of it, you're going to get enough protein. But especially with women, the issue is iron and B12. Mm-hmm. Just because we menstruate, so we lose a lot of iron, we lose a lot of B12. We do have a little bit more issues with um, keeping that energy level up. But there's a lot of things we can do to compensate for that. So that's kind of the rundown of, of a little bit of the background without going into too much detail. Um, so let's look at the study. So the study uh, was a, it's a case control study. So it's an observational study. So this is where it's a little bit different. It's not a randomized controlled trial. What they did was they took a population, uh, 36 vegans, 36 omnivores, half male, half female in both studies. And all they were doing was evaluating which group they fell into. And then they were looking at inflammatory biomarkers. Right. it. So again, there wasn't anything changed. They were just kind of gathering up information by survey and then just taking a blood draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. So I thought that was uh, an interesting approach. They were, I mean, some of the downfalls of this is they are relying on people's honesty. So if people are saying that they're vegan, hopefully they're not lying. <laughs> and that they remember what they ate. Yeah, that's and that's a big thing too with a lot of, uh, especially when you hear about these nurses studies that go on for decades. It's like, okay, I don't remember what I ate last night for dinner, right. let alone what I ate last week or last month for dinner. So, you know, there there is that recall bias. But, uh, you know, we can assume people remember if they eat a fair amount of meat during the week really is what the, the dividing factor was. Right. So, um, yeah, so we were looking at different things. So, Vegans uh, were people that um, ate plant-based pretty much, and omnivores were defined as people that ate three or more servings of meat a week. And then the other thing that was a little bit different was uh, that we should probably go over was the bio, uh, the inflammatory biomarkers. So this might be new for some people. Yeah, let's talk about what biomarkers are. Whenever the body has inflammation, the cells, and it can come from different types of cells, and this is a hot area of of research right now, but different cells emit different chemicals that signal that the body is under some type of stress or needs help in some ways. And so these chemicals trigger inflammation. Now, I feel like inflammation gets a bad rap inflammation i mean it's there for a reason right we need inflammation because like if you get hurt if you get a bruise if you get a cut we need inflammation to help repair that injury um the the real problem comes in when we have inflammation that is systemic so it goes throughout the whole body and it lasts a long time that's when we start having a lot of these health problems so one of the most well-known inflammatory markers is crp it's one that you can go to your doctor get tested the higher it is, the more systemic inflammation we have. And when I say systemic, I mean body-wide. It's, it, it's in the blood, right? It's in the blood, which means it can get, get everywhere. Right. Um, so CRP stands for C-reactive protein. And again, this is when you can just go get, anybody can go request to get it tested. And you'll be able to see um, if you have 
levels of inflammation or not. Some of the other ones which were new to me, which you would not be able to get tested from your doctor is uh, ICAM, ICAM-1 in this case. And this is one that I believe is secreted by immune cells. Same with IL-18. Um, this stands for interleukin. If you're a science nerd, you can definitely go look it up. It's just a chemical secreted by your immune cells. And then there's IL-1. These are all linked to inflammation, right? So the higher these are, the higher inflammation? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But then there was two of them that were anti-inflammatory. And so this is where it's the flip. So if we have higher amounts of these, then we have lower inflammation. Um, One of them is called adiponectin and the other one is called resistin. Um, And so these, again, other than CRP, these are not ones that you could just go to your doctor and get tested for. But because these guys work in the lab, they definitely have access to testing facilities for that. So there was a few things that I thought was really interesting, even just looking at the comparisons between the vegans and the omnivores. And so what researchers like to do is look at the different study groups and see if there's any statistical significance between each of the groups. And most of the time, we don't want to see any significance because we don't want there to be that pre-set difference between them that may influence the results. But in this case, because this is an observational study, it's okay if there's a little bit of difference. And so the difference in this is quite telling, actually. When we compare the consumption of vegetables, not fruit, just vegetables, there was a huge difference, a statistical difference between vegetable consumption. Obviously, uh, vegans ate a ton more vegetables, which I thought was uh, not surprising, but interesting nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Total consumption was uh, statistically different, um, and that's just fruits and vegetables in general, but it, it really comes down to the vegetable consumption. Um, And then the two other factors that were statistically, that's going to be hard to say over and over again, um, (laughs) different was the total saturated fatty acids within the plasma. And so again, when we're looking at like blood draws, this is something you may be able to push your doctor to, to test for. I never have, but it'd be interesting to find out, but they can look at the fatty acids that are being transported in your blood. And so the saturated fatty acids was a lot less in uh, vegans and vegetarians. And this, not surprising again, because saturated fat is an animal product. Exactly. Um, There are a few exceptions like coconut being Mm -hmm. one, Um, but in general, we're getting it from animals. And then the other one was the polyunsaturated fatty acids. And so these are the good ones, like omega-3s, omega-6, omega-9 it was significantly higher in vegans. In the people uh, who ate more vegetables. More, more vegetables. More vegetables, yeah. different um, acid profiles. Exactly. And so now we're starting to see some scientific evidence that what we eat changes our fat profile. So, which we know inherently, but you know, the evidence is lagging in that. So that, that was interesting when we're looking at the significant differences between the two groups. So here's where it starts getting, I thought, interesting. When we're looking at uh, the biomarkers, those inflammatory biomarkers, yep. 
across the board comparing vegans and omnivores no difference oh so all the interleukins the crp those seemed the same those seem the same whether you eat three or more times a week or never yes but of course we wouldn't be talking about this article if there wasn't (laughs) some interesting facts so i thought as i was going through the article i was like huh like okay so what's the big deal there's no difference like seriously but then (laughs) then we get to correlation and so correlation is a different way of looking at the data it's analyzing how related a is to b right and so when we start when they started doing statistical correlations this is when we start seeing some really 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 interesting information come out the main one again remember going back to the the differences between the vegans and vegetarians or vegans and omnivores the biggest difference was vegetable consumption yes when we're looking at correlation it all comes down to waist circumference the lower this was a big factor that could be the link between yes what you eat and your blood fat levels and and yeah levels so what they're seeing is not necessarily what you eat so there's no inflammatory differences between vegans and omnivores but what we see is that and what they're really drawing from this is vegans of course because they eat so much more plant-based they're less calorie dense and so they get less calories which means they have smaller frames which means they have a lower waist circumference which means what we're seeing is there's less bio uh, inflammatory biomarkers right so just by so you don't necessarily have to cut out the meat which is good or omnivores or people like me that have trouble getting enough iron and b12 you don't necessarily have to cut back on that but there are other ways to be healthy even just by you know eating more vegetables lower that waist circumference and you are going to start lowering your your systemic inflammation that's and we see that yeah um so where were some of the other so we see a higher amount of adiponectin so if you remember we talked about adiponectin being that um anti-inflammatory yeah so we see higher amounts of adiponectin when we have a lower waist circumference and then the higher the waist circumference we see more crp which is again something we can get our doctor to measure so if this is something we want to try to work at we can actually have measurable results, not just on a tape measure. You can go and get uh, blood tests on that. So there was lower amounts, uh, sorry, higher amounts of ICAM-1, which we talked about was another bioinflammatory marker, um, IL-1, and omentin, which is a new one I really have to look into a little bit more. Yeah, so, and then, uh, I mean, there was some other really cool information from this too. Uh, talking about duration of vegan diet. So the longer people uh, were on a vegan diet, they had lower amounts of IL-18, lower amounts of IL-1, and higher amounts of resistin, which uh, I thought was really interesting. So again, like the longer this goes on, we're seeing significant uh, long-term lowering or improvement of some of these markers. I mean, the, the big talk in a lot of nutrition circles is BMI. I'm kind of on the fence with BMI because I think there's so many factors that aren't taken into account with BMI. 
But what we are seeing is that with BMI, the better BMI you have, uh, the more adiponectin, which again is one of that those anti-inflammatory, but higher CRP. So there is a correlation with BMI and inflammation there. Um, and then the other one last thing I'm going to mention, we talked about fatty acid profiles before. Uh, when we're looking at saturated fatty acids in the blood, the less sat, uh, saturated fat we have, the higher adiponectin, the more we have, the higher CRP we have. So there is a link between the amount of saturated fat in the blood and, and, inflammation. and inflammation, which... Mm. I thought it was really interesting because when we get to talking about paleo diets and keto diets, there is a big debate whether saturated fat is actually a bad fat. A lot right. of people rely on that because it is important, right? Like, I mean, our liver makes saturated fat. Our liver makes cholesterol. Like these are very important fatty acids and fats that we need in the blood and need in our body. Right. But when we have too much is really when it becomes an issue when we start seeing higher amounts of inflammatory biomarkers. Um, and then there was a negative correlation with the polyunsaturated, which is what really people are more aware of now with omega-3 being such a hot topic. So the more polyunsaturated, the lower the CRP. So, you know, there, there really is starting to researchers are gathering a lot more information on uh, the benefits of diet and how it directly improves measurable effects in the body for health, health outcomes. Really, for, so I the mean, inflammatory markers as well yeah. as waist circumference and BMI, which are all interlinked. Well, it's all connected. And really, I mean, when, when it comes down to it, so many chronic diseases are based on inflammation. It's our body's way of trying to adapt and trying to correct the problem because that inflammation is there to help repair. But when it goes unchecked for so long, it, when it's when it really becomes a problem. So, you know, if we can find ways to lower inflammation, then we're going to find ways to improve our overall health, which means we can live longer, healthier lives, which is really what it's all about. That's you know? why we're here. Like that's we why we're here for help. <laughs> well, and it's funny. I mean, you get people that are like, oh, I'm not a health nut. And I think, okay, that's great. Either am I. But really, <laughs> I, I, want, I want the energy and I want the drive to go right. do all the fun stuff in life. And I'm not going to do that if I'm sick. So really what it comes down to is leading that, that fulfilling life that you love. And you can't do that if you feel like crap. Yeah. So, and this is one of the ways we can slowly start making improvements and get your doctor on board too, you know, so definitely. Yeah, that's really interesting out. that you can get these tests done. I've never asked for them to get done and um, I have to look into that. Yeah, I, I'm one of those funny ones. I go into my doctor who is fantastic and very patient with me. And I'm like, okay, here's a list of all the stuff I want to get tested this right. time. Although I go into it with, I've got uh, an autoimmune issue. So I've done a lot of research on that. Autoimmune has been connected to a lot of infl inflammation and inflammatory conditions. Um, so it's something that I've wanted to look at for quite a while. Plus I have history of heart disease in my family. So it's you know, I want to know what I'm up against. So I'm, yes. I'm definitely my biggest advocate. So CRP is one of those easy ones you can get tested just to kind of see where you are as a starting point. 
uh, and then start making changes and see how effective it is. That's more really vegetables. Cool. More vegetables. Whenever I'm talking to people and they're like, what should I do? I'm like, eat your broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So we've talked about, obviously, a lot of these studies have been around for a while. Eat more vegetables, eat more plant-based. Not only is it better for the environment, it's better for your health. Um, but now we have measurable ways of seeing health improvements and really, yeah, try and lower your waist circumference. Right. You know, talk to your doctor, get your CRP measured um, as a way of seeing if you're on the right track or not. Yeah, just, I mean, it doesn't take a lot of changes. We're not asking you to give up your steak. Just make sure there's a big pile of salad right beside it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. What are your thoughts? What do you, what did you think when you heard about this article? I think it's really interesting. The, the link, not just between what people eat, but also the BMI waist circumference, which as we mentioned earlier is one of those factors yes. that could be, you know, confounding or additional correlations where it just shows how everything is linked together. Yes. Right. So because, as we mentioned earlier, the people who eat more vegetables tend to also have lower BMIs, tend to, because again, nothing is black and white, um, yeah. and tends to have a lower waist circumference and also tend to have better um, lower markers of inflammation and better fatty acids in their blood. It's all these factors interplaying together, mm -hmm. but I mean, you can't specifically directly affect your BMI and waist circumference. Like there's, there's very little like non-surgical things people can do to, to get those in um, a different range, but we could all eat more vegetables. Like yep. we could all eat more vegetables. For sure. So it's a great takeaway. And just another reason why our moms were always right to eat those vegetables. Right? <laughs> oh yeah. Moms are always right. That's for sure. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a mom now. <laughs> But here's, here's a thought, though, which I thought was interesting. They didn't, I mean, really, we're looking at the overall effect of just eating more vegetables, which is fantastic, or eating more plant-based. But what I thought was an interesting point that they don't really talk about is, is it because we're getting more fiber now? Because right. fiber, um, there's a clear link of fiber to lowering, like, LDL, the low-density lipoprotein. Um, which is why people encourage oats, right? Like it's because of the soluble fiber in there. So eating more plant-based, is it because of fiber consumption or is it because vegetables contain so many phytonutrients? So phytonutrients are those cool little chemicals that give all the vegetables their fun colors, but each one is associated with um, different health benefits because each one there's thousands of them each one affects the body in a slightly different way but you know there's lots of those that suddenly now we're eating more of or is it all the uh, antioxidants that are in the body that are now protecting the body antioxidants again help protect the body from free radicals right um, and some of those are even the nutrients themselves yeah. Right? The vitamin C is like a classic antioxidant nutrient. And where do we get those? Well, they're in like red peppers and citrus and other, you know, fruits and vegetables that are full of a whole bunch of other nutrients and phytochemicals and fiber. And it's like yeah. all the goodness. Well, and the other thought too was anybody who 
is switching to a more vegetarian or vegan diet. They often are doing a lot of other health conscious lifestyle factors that are improving their health. And so is it the vegan diet or is it this like one of these components from a vegan diet or is it the synergistic effect of everything together? Is it all of these little factors that come together to have such a huge impact? And so like the the quote I use is not one big attack, but like many, many, many small attacks to, to reach this big outcome. And I, I don't think, I mean, there, there is some studies done on food synergy Uh, But there's not a lot because it's hard to study food synergy. Like how do you study how one thing amplifies another Um, or you get amplified results because of two things together or more things together. Um, But I just thought that was an interesting point to take away from it. Like, you know, just in general, eat more plant-based. What is it exactly? We're not sure. We just know it's really good for you. (laughs) Exactly. They are really good for you. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, out of uh, this whole paper, um, when we look at that scale that we had talked about before, because uh, this is a um, case series, uh, it's about a four out of seven, but I would give it, I mean, we're, we're not looking at a huge amount, but I would give it um, a high four out of seven. I really like the way that they broke everything down. Uh, you know, there was no statistical differences within the study groups the biomarkers they were looking at were all like easy to research, easy to understand. They're definitely in clear indicators of how much inflammation uh, people are, are uh, triggering in their body. But I love because the clear take home message was just so straightforward. You know, like you eat more vegetables, you lower like you lower your calorie intake really right. is what it is, which lowers your waist circumference, which clearly lowers your inflammation which we know will improve your health outcome exactly all these things are interconnected yeah yeah one thing leads to another leads to another and so you know like here's some clear steps people can start to take yeah i i really like this article i i was quite excited to read it and and now we need some amazing vegetable recipes we do. I think we should get some amazing vegetable recipes because it's one thing to say eat your vegetables and it's another thing to say, oh my God, this is the best tasting broccoli I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Well, and I mean, we're going to have to do a podcast on just cruciferous vegetables in general because there's so much really, inform- yes. really cool information on it, just how it affects everything. But yeah, uh, I mean, my favorite is salads. I just eat tons and tons of salads. Yeah, I they're so guy- easy to eat. They are. Well, like, I had some guy at Costco trying to give me salad right. dressing, and I'm like, I just make my own. <laughs> and you can get things like pre-cut and pre-washed. Like it doesn't have to be an hour-long ordeal where you're creating everything from scratch. You can, if you want to, yeah. but you don't have to. It's not yeah. a necessary evil. Yeah. Don't use that as a reason why you can't have it. Yeah. Well, even the pre-cut or maybe less nutritious. I mean, I don't know, like the pre-shredded coleslaw mixes and stuff like that. Right. It's better than nothing. Yes. Right? Like find ways. Cause at the very least you're still getting lots of fiber and some nutrients. Exactly. I mean, we, we can't all do the ideal where we're growing all of our own and eating it fresh out of the garden, but 
find some way to get more veggies in, even if it's just taking a bag of baby carrots with you and nibbling in the car when you're stuck in traffic. Right. Or, or something as simple as even grabbing like a bunch of potatoes yeah. and having them not deep fried, yeah. but enjoying them roasted or boiled or mashed. I mean, it doesn't have, it could be accessible and it could be delicious and you can have it in multiple different ways oh yeah and, and leave that skin on sorry <laughs> yeah i said leave the skin on right the skin the is skin. the most nutritious part and it's full of fiber and yeah that's why I like vitamin c potatoes. potatoes aren't known for the vitamin c because we kill it when we deep fry it so let's not deep fry it and we'll enjoy some more vitamin c from our potatoes i know great idea um, we should have a section in uh, on our website where we start sharing recipes. Yes. I, I like that idea. Easy I definitely, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And if you, uh, anybody listening has recipes to share for vegetables or plant-based anything, please feel free to send it in. We'd love to share it. We'll give definitely. you credit. Thank you for listening. For exploration into more health research, don't forget to subscribe. And we'd like to thank Joseph McDade for the music. If you have any comments, ideas, or recipes to share, you can reach us at ReetSearch on Instagram and Twitter and ReetSearch Podcast on Facebook. That's spelled R E A T Search. <laughs>